Hey Changemakers, welcome to another episode of the Sacred Changemakers podcast. My name is Jane Morillow and I have another great guest lined up for you today. Now this podcast, it's about change and transformation, but not just any old change. We believe in change for good, which lies at the intersection of three things, personal, professional and social transformation. So come with us on a journey as we go behind the scenes with people who are making a real difference in our world. Each episode, we'll be diving deeply into topics at the intersection. Sometimes we'll be interviewing thought leaders and sometimes we'll be leading deep dive conversations, tackling the challenging issues of our times. Now, before I introduce today's guests, I want to ask a quick favor. It won't take a minute and it would make a huge difference to us. Would you please go to iTunes or whatever app you're listening to, subscribe and leave a rating and review. It helps us to share our message of inspirational change with as many people as we can, and it helps our guests get their messages out to more people too. So thank you. So let me ask you, are you ready for some insights today? Because today, our guest on the podcast is Finn Kello-Webb. He's an international human performance mindset and results coach. He specializes in helping soul-driven entrepreneurs to reconnect with their inner courage, strengthen their mindset, and optimize their nervous system in order to achieve their highest potential in life and business. A passion for helping people started out with a successful career as a PE teacher and sports coach, followed by running his own business as an Alexander Technique teacher and running coach. So welcome, Finn. Hi, Jane. Lovely to be here. Oh, I am thrilled that you're on our podcast. I'm so excited to share you with our audience, Finn, because I know we've got a lot in common and a lot to talk about today. And, you know, in that vein, our uh, title for our conversation today is The Courage to Thrive and Create a Positive Impact. And I can't wait to dig in with you. But before we do, I would really like our, our audience to get a sense of, you know, who's the human behind the bio? Who's the human behind the bio? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, First of all, I, I live in England, um, near Southampton, down in the south. I'm married to Helen and got two wonderful children. And yeah, it's, it's been a very interesting and eclectic journey to this point. Um, from growing up in Africa, uh, then schooling in England, um, becoming a PE teacher, traveling the world, um, doing odd jobs and so on for a period of time and then ending up in Australia teaching uh, PE and sport there and thinking that you know I didn't have any any commitments and I was quite prepared to just um, swan around the world until I met Helen had children and um, I was you know I was really drawn to I think I've always been drawn to helping people because mm. as a teacher and then I transitioned from teaching after 15 years to uh, Alexander Technique, which is very quickly helping people kind of reconnect their mind-body pathways so they can improve their you know, overall their posture, their functional use, their clarity of thinking, get thinking into the body, um, which kind of then led into where I'm now, which is, which is coaching after a couple of blips in my personal um, sort of journey, which possibly we'll touch on later. 
Mm. So I love the way you say swanning around the world. <laughs> that just sounds so wonderful. But, you know, for me, that, that really makes me want to ask you, you know, like, how do you think that shaped you? You know, living in different countries around the world, how did that shape who you are today? Oh, it had a massive, it had a massive impact on me. And, you know, I feel very, very fortunate that I grew up in various parts of Southern Africa. So I could um, experience different political systems, different cultures, um, different environments, um, mixed with a whole range of different um, types of people. Mm-hmm. And, and then traveling, it, it opened my eyes to, I think, to, to this amazing world that we live in. Mm. Um, and as I've gone deeper into my journey, you know, this whole notion that we are, we're all, all as one. It's such, everybody uses that kind of term, but that we share so many commonalities, so many similar traits, mm. despite where we come from and our our education system is on the the connection is that we're human and yeah. i i just think to have those filters um removed that there is so much out there there's so many different um experiences to be had and great connections to be made um that for me is just wonderful and I, it's something i'm really passionate about in terms of helping my children experience that yeah yeah and you know you said there that what connects us is that we're all human and that's something that you know really is a place where you know I I kind of feel quite passionate about what it means to be human so I'd love to ask you that question you know for you what does it mean when you say to be human Ooh. I thought I'd take you deep, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's really interesting you ask that question because we have um there's a there's a very popular radio station here, BBC Radio Two, and I think once a month they have um a guest, and their question is what is, what does it mean to be human? And they bring in their kind of um their their, their philosophy. And it's normally centered around their career or their one of their experiences. And I've thought about, I think about this a lot, Jane, and I think it's really important. And first of all, I don't think you can, I don't think it's, we are able to really define what it means to be human. I think we all have our own um, concept, philosophy, insight to what makes us human. But mm. I think, uh, yes, we're all unique, but there are some common threads that, connect us and the, the ability to um, empathize yeah the um, ability to communicate and not just a superficial communication to communicate with compassion with um, real understanding uh, on a on a on a real soul to soul level is is I think is unique uh, and something that I wouldn't say is missing, but something we need to do more of. Mm-hmm. And and I think our our ability to rise um, as either individuals or as collectives um, 
against or to overcome adversity and challenges to pull together that 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 bond of um, energy that we can tap into which I think is not how can I describe it it's not encouraged enough uh, in education and, and in society but you well you know you would understand this that we have the shared energy yeah. that we I think if we could all tap into more we could we could really really you know thrive as a as a population as a species um mm. so that's my thing it's this that tapping into those deep inner resources that i think really need to be brought to people so they made more aware of at a younger age it's, yeah. it's you know how challenging it is for people to suddenly discover that oh there's more to them when they're in their 40s 50s 60s and yeah. you know there's a lot of undoing to be done if we could imagine if we could really get kids to understand that from a young age oh we could the world would look a different place i believe yeah i am so in agreement with you there. <laughs> that truly resonates for me but i also have a sense that there may be some listeners because we don't teach it because we don't teach it in school it's not used in our everyday vernacular mm. Dig into that a little bit because you said, you know, there's a bond of energy that we can all tap into. So, what do you mean by that for people who have no like information on this? Yeah, and you know, I, I came across, I, I sort of pushed all this stuff away, um, and I realized why now because that's that was my conditioning and programming and so on, but. <sighs> We are that it any first law is of the universe energy is where everything is just energy. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's as humans, if we can understand that and how to utilize that energy, how to um, how to master how we um, in, uh, sort of harness that energy. So, you know, we can change that energy from what it is to positivity to good um and it, it ripples out of us but when we when we are disconnected between our, our heads and our bodies and our hearts and our soul and when we are we are in survival mode we are literally being um yeah dominated by external factors that is actually challenging channeling that energy um, in the wrong direction and it's it's creating that energy to be um, not free-flowing but restrictive and resistant and we force our way through life and there is so much evidence out there there's so much research so much scientific proof of how energy we can actually harness and utilize the energy that is abundant all over all around us to to our own good for our, our health for our relationships for our abilities to um improve our lives and our wealth and um for us to thrive and the, the, for me it's that's that's such a interesting concept that if we are more aware we can really tap into these resources that are not outside of us they're inside of us and and getting that message across is is challenging 
for somebody who's open to it but for somebody who's resistant it is it's it's quite a big big ask yeah but this you know having you know attended people like dr bruce lipton and you know joe dispenses and all these people you know the the groundswell of yeah. information around energy and how we use it and how we can positively interact with it i think is is exciting yeah. and i think it's something that we need to really keep making people more and more aware of yeah uh as you know i'm so with you on this <laughs> I, but you know i i I'd love to hear what you, you think. And I, I know you know something of my, my past. And um, I think one of the, the most startling realizations for me, and I've had a relationship with energy uh, from being very young, um, but it was never something that was part of my work until I healed myself from a terminal diagnosis uh, in the early 2000s. And um, and did that through, because energy was not a conversation then. There wasn't a lot of science either um, around it either. But um, I was an energy healer. Um, but that was kind of what I did in my, my private life. Um, and my work was completely separate. But the most startling thing for me, and it really was a realization that changed everything for me, was this idea that okay, I'd healed and in my healing, I'd opened myself to energy and then going back into work, into corporate life as an executive coach at the time, I, I, I found myself in a fight or flight situation because I, I noticed that going into an office, an open plant office in London full of people was a little bit like walking into a graveyard, like it was like the energy was just draining out of me and I hadn't, I hadn't yet realized that I needed to protect myself. And, and then everything in my life had, had, it was like I'd opened, I'd got rid of my bodily armor in a way that, you know, I, I didn't even realize I'd had before that. And, um, everything started to flow like, my, my results with my clients was way better. My business started to flow. My life, my relationships got deeper and more meaningful. And all of these like side effects of healing myself of energy. And then a little bit later, this realization that I, I don't just have energy. I actually am energy in motion. <laughs> so I'd love to know your thoughts on that. It, it, I 100% and I had a, a very similar thing um, because that notion of oh um, using energy it's kind of there's that separation mm. and there's that we bring a doing to it if you like um, and you know Jane I spent three years after teaching uh, learning to be an Alexander Technique teacher mm. and in order to help other people, I had to use my hands on them to, to guide their body. So I had to convey the instructions um, energetically through my hands, which mm -hmm. I developed and I learned. Mm -hmm. um, but I still saw it as something that I had to do. I still saw it as kind of something I had to turn on and then turn off. Mm -hmm. And that really impacted me because I've, 
I didn't understand what I was doing really. Mm. And I didn't, I saw it as a very compartmentalized sort of thing. If you, and I used the word thing on purpose because I couldn't explain it to people. And clients came when and went, oh, that, that feels different, thank you. But I didn't want to talk about it. I even didn't want to talk about energy to, to my clients because I still felt there was this understanding that I couldn't really get my head around and they certainly couldn't. And every now and then you'd come across somebody who just was all over it and yeah, I understand and I've got it and boom, things just fell into place. And I thought, well, that was easy. And then I, 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 this whole thing of this being separate from the skill of energy, the awareness of energy to actually embracing it and embodying it um, has taken me a while to figure out. And now I understand that, yes, I am. I am the energy. And I think like you, as you know, awareness has risen, it's easier to talk about it now, but there was still this, you know, even, I don't know, five years ago, I didn't really want to talk about it. And I kind of pushed it away because, and people say, oh, you've got this energy. And I kind of poo poo it and, and change the subject because I felt that I was possibly a little bit strange. It wasn't part of the norm. And now I realize that you're trying to deny something that is so fundamentally natural and powerful and um, brilliant. So the last few years, it's just been about um, sort of accelerating that, that embracing and that, that understanding of, of being in it, being energy and how to use it constructively, positively uh, in my personal life, in my business and anything else. And it's, it's phenomenal because I, I, I had used it to also heal my back. I'd used it to, um, you know, get rid of ulcers and or things like that. But I'd always thought, no, that that's just something I mustn't talk about. And I didn't really, embrace and celebrate that that part of me which is part of all of us yeah yeah and you know i'm i'm smiling over here as you're speaking because that is so in alignment with my own experience my own resistance to all of this um especially when you know i'd have client i remember one client in particular it was this it was a sea level he was a CFO in a large global corporation. And uh, he, in front of, a, a, after I did a presentation to them, I was going to do some work with them. Um, and I was talking about harnessing the energy of the organization. <laughs> and he called me a lunatic. He was like, we can't let this lunatic in here. She's talking about energy. Like, um, and she's talking about edges. We don't want to go to the edge. Like, and he completely had this full on meltdown about the fact that, you know, as though I was some kind of witch at the front of the room, it was so weird. And this was back in, it was about 2005 maybe. And it kind of throws us until, or it threw me until I realized that, you know, in the world we've created for ourselves as humans in this modern world, we've, we've kind of biased towards concrete, like mm. tangible things. And we deny the invisible and the older I get and the more work that I do and the more experience I have with clients, the more I realize that it's actually the invisible stuff that's running the show. And 
I've now got this little thing when people say to me, like, oh no, I, I, like I, I don't do energy. <laughs> and I do still get this occasionally. I don't do energy. And it's like, so I'd say, well, have you ever fallen in love? And, the, and they'll say, oh yeah. Well, that's just invisible energy. You can't explain it. You don't know what's going on, but that's kind of the magic, the mystery that's in here. And we need to explore it a little more. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, 100%. Um, <laughs> and, and I think, um, I think it comes down to something. It's, it comes down to understanding because, you know, I think when people don't really understand, they, they put up barriers and they resist, right. they back away. And that's just programming, you know? Yeah. Um, I've got, you said something about believing or seeing the invisible. I've, yeah. got, a, a, I've got a great quote here, and yeah. I use this a lot because it really opened me up to being more consciously aware about you know, the invisible. And it, it, it goes like this. If um, it is impossible not to believe what you see, but it is equally impossible to see what you do not believe. I love that. And that just kind of sums it up, doesn't it? Yeah, it really yeah. does. Um, and I love that quote because it just, yeah, it just, it simplifies everything. Yeah. And I do believe that in the world, even though a lot of people think that they don't work with energy, they think that they're not aware of it. We all are. The truth is yeah. we are. Yeah. Because some of the things we value most is really an energy it's invisible to the naked eye things like and I, i've had this conversation so many times with c-level executives like leadership culture <laughs> like you can't see these things in organizations but they're there love is really important to each and every one of us and all of these things are these invisible energies and we all read each other's energy and sometimes we realize it, sometimes we don't. We just get a sense that something's off or something's good or whatever it is, we have a sense of it. So I, I love that you're speaking to the resistance because, you know, I think our context or the context that we find ourselves in doesn't always allow for this different conversation. And I suspect that's why we have the title we have today, The Courage to Thrive and have a positive impact. So tell me about that. Tell me about the courage to thrive. <laughs> yes, the courage. Um, and, and, and the word courage kind of came onto my radar, uh, apart from it being something you read in books and kind of heard people talk about in various conversations about extreme human uh, achievements and so on, because um, I had, I'd, back, I'd made your back surgery uh, six years ago and, you know, I couldn't work for six, six months. Um, things kind of collapsed around me, particularly my, my mental health. And I suddenly sort of realized that I was, I was not in a good space. And um, that's when my journey really started because it was, I got to a moment of, this is this is not feeling great and I'm not enjoying life and it was you know check out or change and I thought right I need to change if things are going to get better and that was kind of a big wake-up call mm -hmm. and um, 
I suddenly re realized one night as a, that I was, I had a lot of fear and I would have denied that for years. And I actually confronted it. I actually read Anita Mujani's, read oh, yeah. Anita Mujani's book. <laughs> and there was one sentence saying, she said, I realized that my life was based on fear. And that's what had caused her, her cancer and her illness. And, and she said, I realized that I didn't need to be fearful. And I, it hit me because I did a trauma when I was three. I was bitten in the face by a dog with rabies and hospitalized and all that sort of stuff. And that trauma had probably permeated deep into my subconscious. And I suddenly realized that there was an antithesis to fear. And I had, I had also courage if I would just open myself up to recognize it. So I just made a long list of all the fears and then I started writing down all the courageous experiences and things that I, you know, achieved. And that really started my thinking in terms of we can either encourage our love is that that word courage means wholehearted. Mm -hmm. And for me, that just went, ah, oh, that was the start of my journey of actually connecting more deeply with my soul and my heart and trying to open myself up more, revealing my vulnerabilities, having the courage to a, um, accept my own vulnerabilities and then having the courage to share them with others. Because, you know, up till then I'd been living a lie to myself and to others, you know, everything's fine, but underneath the surface, I'm swimming like mad. Um, so for, for me, the word courage, you know, is, is something that is every day. We all display courage every day. It doesn't exist at the extremes of physical endeavor and mental endeavor or emotional um, fortitude. Courage is something that we need to understand, we need to embrace, and we need to celebrate and recognize on a day-to-day -day basis because otherwise fear gets a foothold. Yeah. And when you balance the two, you go, oh, this is coming up. But I've also got this other thing that I can draw on and I can, you know, um, harness and courage. We all need courage that we, we could always grow more courage um, and it never stops. And the courage to actually, um, you know, dive into your into your own personal issues and so on is is quite daunting. It, it's the only way forward. If it's if it's in the way, it is the way. <laughs> that takes courage. <laughs> that takes courage, um, because if you don't have the courage to face what's stopping you, as on, it's it's gonna always be there. So if you've got fear, you or whatever it is, you need courage to kind of face it and move forward. So I I, I just believe that. You know, when when we start actually understanding and and recognizing that we're we're courageous, we were born as courageous beings. It's our birthright. Then fear has less of a grip. And I've at a point now where I don't really believe in the word fear. I've 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 done keynotes on fear. I've developed um, programs to get help people get through fear. And it, to me, now I'm at that point where if we stop talking about fear and just actually embracing 
the courage and looking at the beliefs that underpin those feelings that are, are showing up as fear, then we can move forward. Because if we understand that those are just thoughts and that's just energy, it's just right. energy. <laughs> and it's this, this big kind of big bad wolf that we've been talking about. And I've just, I've got to that point now where, you know, fear is something that we've created. There's yeah. a natural part of fear, but a lot of it is created and we need the courage to accept that and understand that we can uncreate it. Mm. Yes. And as I was listening to that, I, I really had quite a, an interesting emotional experience just listening to you. I, it was so interesting as you were talking through, I mean, I, I agree with everything you said, but there was like a sadness started to emerge inside of me that we live in a world where we need courage to thrive and and as I kind of sat with that and listened to you talking about fear you know I, I realized how much fear there is in the world particularly today oh you know absolutely I mean it's almost like it's running rampant through our lives individually and collectively I would say and I just wonder what what you make of our context at the moment because you know, how do you feel about the fact that we live in a world where we do need courage to thrive? It, it really brought the whole coronavirus thing really brought it home to me. Um, because I caught myself being sucked into the news one night very early on in it. Uh, so I thought, oh, let's see what's going on and what this is all about and so on. And I found myself being sucked into a vortex of, of fear. I felt it viscerally. I felt it in my emotions, in my thinking. And I made a conscious and I just went, wow, this is happening on a global level. Mm. And it's so easy because it's all around us. It's... It, it, it's it's one of those pernicious things that just creeps into your psyche and you know i made a conscious decision then that i would have a zero tolerance to fear around um the pandemic i would have a zero tolerance um to fear around the economic situation despite my one of my my alexander business that i was still running just stopping overnight um and it 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 was liberating mm. it was absolutely liberating because it was a conscious daily commitment that i'm not going to be sucked into this and i'm not going to get engaged with the news yes you hear snippets and you see bits about it but i'm so aware that you know it's not people's fault yeah, they, you know, everybody talks about talking about it. And it's just, it's, it's like a, excuse me, I'm just about to cough. <coughs> it's a bit like a wildfire. And you've lived through those in California. Yeah. But it's just, it's, it, it's taken hold. And I sometimes I walk the children to school and I just want to say to people, stop talking about it. 
stop you know letting your mind just run away with this you know these assumptions and permutation permutations and perceptions that are all false you think it's reality but in essence you are projecting yourself into the future you're talking about something that has happened let's just get present let's just celebrate what we really have and what we are yes there are circumstances but how are you reacting or rather how are you responding to that but this whole collective psyche of it's doom and gloom i see it with business owners you know there are ones that are thriving in this pandemic and there are ones that are just constantly saying it's so bad it's so bad i don't know how i'm going to get out of this and as you well know you know we create everything in our mind including the fear so let's start creating something else um and i don't know what the answer is i don't know what the solution is jane mm -hmm. but just from my understanding now of how the mind um processes creates deals with fear it's you know it's one of those things that if you understand you can take the measures to deal with it um and and find a new way but i'm 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 really concerned because the kids are exposed to it don't do this don't do that don't do that this is going to happen and yeah i do I, I you know i don't like to say use the word worry but i am just sort of aware that there is um a real mass consciousness that is really fear based yeah yes which so is reason for the likes of you and me really <laughs> i know absolutely and that that is what pulls me into the public space i have to say because uh, it's interesting because people that know me will think i'm very comfortable there and i guess i am in one sense but there's another side of me that would like to stay really quite private but it's almost like in this world we live in i and i know you share this finn is this sense that we don't need to live in the way we've created this world today we could live in a different world <laughs> we just need to create it <laughs> and that starts with energy for me so um yeah but i mean i'd love to dig in with you on this idea of thriving because we've talked here about fear and you know once somebody finds themselves like they, they raise their awareness and finds themselves in fear like it sounds like like you did and i certainly do a lot these days which is like what what do you suggest for them how can they move to thriving and having a more positive impact in the world uh, it's a great question and something i'm really passionate about because you know I've been doing a lot of work with um, a mentor of mine, and I came first came across her, and she was talking about um, the the impact of fear on the vagus nerve, which is very instrumental in our parasympathetic nervous system. Mm. And she said, any of the small little fears, the doubts, the worries, the anxieties, the, the stress, the frustrations, all those little things, 
she said, you can just put them under the umbrella of, of little fears. And those are having an impact on your nervous system, which is compromising your health. And I just went, oh, bingo. Because, oh. um, what's it now? Over 20, just, just about 20 years ago, I, and you, you know the story, um, I, I blacked out in Zimbabwe um, and you know, fell face first on a camping trip with a friend transpired i had to have um a pacemaker inserted my heart was stopping and the reason they gave was your vagus nerve is compromised um and fast forward 20 years i come across this youtube um video that was recommended and she said yeah long-term effects of compromising your nervous system and I was fearful. I had this fear thing because I was bitten in the face. I had a fear trauma at the age of three that had been lodged in my subconscious. And this is my interpretation. Somebody might say, that's absolutely rubbish. You can't prove it. But to me, it just makes perfect sense. So this fear thing and then anxiety growing up, you know, nobody could explain the stomach, stomach aches and all that. That was just anxiety. That was all rooted in fear. Uh, and all those programs, which is impacting my vagus nerve, which is consequently at the age of 30, when I'm playing sport, playing rugby, PE teacher, feeling, right. <laughs> feeling like the macho <laughs> sporty <laughs> bloke, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm blacking out regularly. And they're saying, you know, your heart's stopping and you know, you've got major issues. And right. it just when I came across it, it was like, oh, and the doctor said, yeah, your vagus nerve is, 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 is not working properly. And then I just realized I'm in survival mode. That's what caused that thing, that heart issue. I'd been in survival mode for 30 years, pretty much, quarter 27. Um, and that just picked my, picked my um, attention and my curiosity. And then I realized that if we're feeling fearful in, and there's all sorts, all sorts of fear, you know, emotional fear, physical fear, mental fear, even spiritual fear, you know, that impact is, can be quite hazardous and, and um, for our health, for the body, it affects the immune system, it affects the nervous system. So, you know, for the whole thing, I'll get to your, que your question. <laughs> the thing about thriving for me is that when we raise our awareness to what's happening within us, to our nervous system, when we also realize that we were born to be released and relaxed and calm, but we have been operating 24-7 pretty much because of the environment and the life we've created in survival mode, we are struggling to survive. But you can, you can become aware of that and you can consciously say ah i'm in survival mode right now i'm feeling this this and this this is tuning into the energy how am i feeling that's just energy can i switch it yes you can you can switch it very very quickly very simply and something that i'm really really passionate about because what it does is it actually brings you into the present moment and it, if we can connect the heart the mind and the body 
you can you can activate the vagus nerve the parasympathetic nervous system and and switch from survival into thrive mode because your survival mode and your thrive mode can't operate at the same time so biologically the parasympathetic nervous system and the sympathetic nervous system can't co um, operate together it's either one or the other and so it, all it is is going what are, how am i feeling right now i'm feeling a little bit nervous or tense or anxious right what can i do ah i can stop i can breathe into my heart and do the hard breath i can engage with my peripheral vision or close my eyes i can press pause i can reset and the more we do that the more we start educating the mind and the body that we can get balance we can get back to our north star if you like we can get back to that neutral neutral state where we operate better better for our music better for our mind it's better for our emotions and everything and i've, I've been practicing this and and in helping people to do this and when i did it in my alexander practice but i didn't understand really what i was doing or why it was so beneficial but now i understand that the health benefits are so massive if we can get out of survival state and into thrive and the more you do it the better you get at um, maintaining it and you can create lasting change to your emotional state and i've been doing it now for oh, months been regularly a number of times a day just consciously stopping and just doing this quick one minute practice and the changes are incredible mm, i love that I mean, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here, but I wondered, can you share that one minute practice with us? <laughs> yeah, you know, and I'd, um, I'd love to. So what I, what I realized was that, and <laughs> I kind of, I kind of discovered this stuff um, by accident, really, because I used to teach people, let's get present when I was working at Alexander teacher said, right, you need to reconnect with yourself. And the quickest way to do that, the quickest way to release the tension is to stand with your feet shoulder width apart, engage with your peripheral vision by just softening the eyes. And step three is to then just breathe into your heart. And I one day was I used to teach people to breathe into their backs and breathe here and try that. And there was too much doing with that. There was a, too much trying. And I just said, I just started experimenting with just thinking about breathing into my heart and boom, my respiratory system just responded. My whole body just let go. And then I discovered that it's one of the fundamental things that the heart math Institute in Colorado advocates for heart disease. And then I got people saying, yeah, this is amazing. You know, da, 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 da. and I thought, Oh, there's this whole sort of thing out there about the heart breath. But breathing into the heart is so powerful and possibly you've come across this for meditation as well. But simply what I do now is I just, I call it the, th the three R's, which is rest. So stop, put the world on pause, um, release. And that is to either close your eyes or go to peripheral vision and then breathe into your heart and just do that for a minute, five times a day. So just set a timer and you just connect with your breath, connect with your heart, 
because the heart is the bridge between the body and the mind and the vagus nerve is kind of the the, the bridge stanchions if you like that connect you know the heart to the mind and the heart you know to to the rest of the body because the vagus nerve runs from the from the the, the base of the the brain right the way through the body to the liver and the kidneys and the lungs and the spleen and you can just literally start healing your body because our nat body naturally wants to heal. But we need to get into the condition or into the state to allow it to do that. We can. We have to just practically sit down, stop, and just breathe into the heart. You could do it for a minute or you could do it for two minutes or you could do it for five. Um, and it's been so powerful because it's calmed my mind down. It's made me feel more relaxed more released i had somebody who watched a presentation i did on this um two weeks ago he said he was struggling with high blood pressure he's 50 years old and three days later he said i've been practicing this my i've got the blood pressure of a 20 year old wow i you know and we have the power and the capability to start looking after our health without taking drugs without you know loads of yoga and all that sort of stuff that's all good but let's just get back to breathing into the heart stopping and peripheral vision jane very quickly releases the vagus nerve if so if you mm. if you don't want to do the heart breath if you just think sit still or stand still preferably in nature but you can do it anywhere with your feet shoulder width apart the weight more towards your heels and just let your eyes soften and engage the peripheral field your vagus nerve releases you go into the parasympathetic nervous state okay so we can we can literally switch that switch from survival into thrive and the more you practice that the more permanent it becomes i love that thank you so much for sharing because just before you said that last bit then i could just feel myself relaxing <laughs> here at this end i don't know if my tone of voice has changed but i just feel so like yeah i don't know here present i guess is and that's all there is isn't there yeah yeah that's all there is <laughs> absolutely so you know our title here the courage to thrive and have a positive impact there's an underlying assumption there that i'd love you to speak to do you believe we need courage to thrive. And do you believe that we need to thrive before we can have a positive impact? I think, I don't think this whole thing, do we need courage? Um, courage is, is within all of us. I talk about, we all have an innate courage within us. Uh, we have these vast resources of courage that possibly just haven't been explored. Um, and yeah, I really want to reiterate the fact that courage is not this big gung-ho, um, take massive action. You know, when I was really struggling with depression, so on, it took courage to get out of bed every day and just put on a brave face. That was courage. You know, I've spoken to other people who've, you know, they've got, um pain or they've got a long-term illness or something the courage to face every day is you know is inspiring 
so courage comes in all these various guises and yes if we're going to thrive we possibly do need the courage to say this isn't working and the way my life is going right now i need to make a change and change takes a bit of courage because we are <laughs> the mind just wants to protect us and keep us comfortable um and we've kind of got to be aware that if we're going to change if we're going to transform if we're going to uh, transcend what we're currently perceiving ourselves at and our um, false perceptions we need courage to commit to that process so i'd say yes we do need courage but we don't um we have we don't need to go and find it somewhere it's all in there mm. it's actually just really connecting deeply with it and do we need to thrive in order to impact well I think we do. I think we need to be more aware and more understanding of ourselves if we're going to um, enthuse and inspire and encourage others. Because ultimately, and this is the this is the toughie, you know, if you're going there to make an impact, you've got to be making an impact for yourself. You've got to be your own leader first. And it's there's there's challenges out there. And if we don't know how to deal with those challenges, and if we don't know how to look after ourselves, they're going to get the better of us, no matter what our intentions are for others. It's all about, you've got to look after yourself. You've got to harness your own energy to make that energy more powerful, more um, able to have an influence on others. So I do believe that we need courage and we need to be able to bolster our own ability to thrive in order to make an impact for others. Thank you. Yeah, I, and I love that you've brought us back to the energy because that's, for me, when you talk about harnessing your own energy, I don't know if I believe that, well, I, I, I suppose to a certain extent, I do believe we can have a positive impact without a deeper understanding of the invisible and the subtle energies. However, I don't believe it can be sustained over time because it takes too much effort and energy if you're in the massive action doing thing, trying to do it. And I have a sense that, you know, when we, when we move to work energetically, Things are just, I don't know, it's a more simple approach for me. It's more, I don't, I don't know whether I'd say, it's kind of in flow. It's more like I find where the energy's flowing and I just step into the river that's already there instead of trying to paddle upstream, I guess, would be the metaphor. What's your sense of that, Finn? I think you used the word there, Jane, that I think is often confused and that's simple. Yeah. You know, I, uh, yeah. The the <laughs> the older I get, <laughs> the more simple I want things to be. <laughs> yeah, me too. For me and for the world around me, and um, and I think if you can, if you under, understand what is available to us or to yourself, then it does become more simple. It, it there is there is less reliance on trying to make things happen and create things outside of us it and i you know that analogy of flow you know wouldn't it just wouldn't life just be easy if we can just you know 
step into the, the, the river and let it just meander towards where we want to go. But it's mm. often, you know, I think if we, if we are not aware, if we are really putting all our energies into making the stuff happen, and that's kind of like a, that's a motivational energy. Yeah. I think you're right. It does get, it becomes hard work. We, we end up fighting us upstream a lot of the time. Um, and that's not our natural state of being. That causes stress and, and all those other things. Um, so I think being able to understand and, and, and to connect with your own energy and be aware of how it's, how it's moving is essential if you're going to have a long lasting impact because yeah. it's you need to be able to sustain it yeah i totally agree and as i as i'm kind of listening to you you know talking around that that area i i'm reminded of because obviously i've healed from a terminal diagnosis and it's one of the questions i get a lot when i speak is um you know how how did you heal and for me the turning point in my healing was was when i realized i i'd almost brought the archetypal warrior energy to my problems my health challenges and i was fighting i was fighting it i was like no i will not be ill i'm fighting it and as i do so I'm doing it now as I'm talking, I can feel my body tensing up, almost like I have to fight my way out of this place I find myself in. Yeah. And, and I hear it in the vernacular, in the collective right now around the pandemic. And that was the wrong thing for me to do because all that did was contract my body around the pain. I tried to resist everything and I wasn't really being with myself. The turning point for me was when I let go. I surrendered to exactly where I was. I realized how very ill I was. And even though I had an acknowledgement that I didn't want to be in this place, when I let go, I, I, I can't really put words to it, but when I let go and I surrendered to the challenges that I was facing, it was almost like I became receptive in my energy and I was just open to wherever the path was going to lead me. Now, the doctors were telling me I was going to die, which is not a path I wanted to go down. But interestingly, what happened when I let go and was more receptive and listening deeper to my internal, myself, my body, my emotions, I would even say my connection to the sacred, then things shifted in quite a profound way. Now on the outside, I was still really ill. I was still in a lot of pain. And the doctors were still saying, you know, you've, 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 you've got kind of a, a shorter amount of time to live. But there was just this, I'm going to call it a seed of knowing that I needed to create my own path and not just walk along the path the doctors had defined for me. It was for me to find my own courage to thrive. Just like you described earlier in our conversation. And 
that was looking back that's quite startling to me because almost is the antithesis of what we, i don't know if we teach it anywhere or we just pick it up from the culture or the environment or what but the metaphors my friends were using and my family were using was you've got to fight this like we don't want to lose you you've got to fight this and that was it, it turned out that was absolutely the wrong decision for me because I, I do believe if I'd done that, I wouldn't be here today. It just, yeah, that's, that's, that's beautiful. It, it reminds me of the, you know, the Bruce Lee quote, is that you've got to become like water. Oh, yeah. And, you know, for, for me, it was I was fighting my, my emotions when I was in my darkest days. I was, I was fighting it. I was going, I, I, I'll just keep going and it I was it was just creating so much resistance and a friend of mine just said when you what you accept will transform and what you resist will persist and it hit me and I, I mean that I will bless her she's not here anymore but that was a real catalyst for me to to start the change process because mm -hmm. I like you not as serious as you uh, but I was fighting and fighting and fighting mm -hmm. and actually things were just getting worse and worse and worse and then once we accepted and went okay right I need to I need to make not yeah I need to kind of make peace with this situation and then allow myself to kind of understand what's going on and how I can work myself out of it and I yes I still resisted but I, I totally agree. Um, we've got to kind of take our human hands off, don't we? Yeah. And we, we're so conditioned through education and parenting and all these sort of things. You know, let's go and fix. <laughs> let's go and fix. It's a real temptation for coaches. Let's go and fix this thing for you. And actually, the more I think about it and the more I um, delve deeper into what's, what's available, the less inclined I am to to get involved um, directly, and and become more trusting that there is a way, and it's just allowing that way to to make itself known. Yeah. And I think you, you put it so beautifully. You know, when you realise that you were fighting and fighting and fighting, you were resisting and resisting, and then when you accepted and 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 changed, you open up all the valves, don't you? You do. No, you really do. In, in, and, and I do want to say, in case anybody's listening and they, they are in that situation themselves right now, is that it was about me building a relationship with the unknown. Let me put it that way, because I had no idea I would be able to come back to this level of quality of life. No idea at all. And so it was slow. It was very uncertain. But somehow I, I don't know that's in ways i can't explain let's put it that way i can't explain it fully i am where i am today and you are where you are today and therefore we're able to have a positive impact to help other people you know and and that in itself when i think about it there's something really quite profound about that healing yourself to then help heal and inspire others. I, I just feel there's something really quite profound there that in this world we're in today, 
you know, politically, business-wise, in all different sectors of society. I think there's something for us to learn in what we're talking about here. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, and it's, it takes courage to talk about it because we don't really see it in the media. Um, and, you know, ultimately, the way I look at it is we've got politicians, we've got journalists, we've got experts and so on. And they're all humans. They're all fallible. They're all there with their, 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 their own individual unique programming. But they're also all unaware, or are they? that they, 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 there is so much more that they are um, capable of diving into. And it's very easy to sit on the sidelines and judge and blame and so on. Yeah. But I suppose in another way, we can just um, keep, keep exploring within ourselves and hope that that energy that releases from us uh just ripples across the world and i think it's it is definitely changing mm. you know it probably we wanted to change quicker but i suppose that in a way is another form of resistance <laughs> 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 um, yeah it, it's difficult to it's difficult to iterate into words i i agree with you yeah but there is so much more um available to all of us um yeah and i think all we can do is keep doing the best that we can in order to show up and let others see that there is another way yes and i guess you know as i'm listening to you i'm just reminded that we're all products of the systems that we're born into mm. <laughs> so you know it's time maybe that we do find our courage and start to create better systems um one of the things we talk about uh, here on Sacred Changemakers, uh, Finn, is sacred callings. And I have to say what you shared with me today and, and what I know of you from previous as well has been that you are definitely one of us who has a sacred calling in the world. How would you describe that? It's, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a phenomenal question. Um, and it's something I'll be very, very honest with you, Jane, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm still sitting with on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, and keep asking myself because I recognize that there's a, a strong paradigm within me that wants to, whether you call it the ego that wants to consider that whole notion. And there's another part of the ego that wants to, to deny it. Mm -hmm. um, and I, from some of my experiences and things that there is, I think there's still a lot for me to, to reveal. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't say that because I think I have something special. I think every single human being on this planet has a unique, I'm getting, I'm getting a bit emotional about this now, has a unique gift and talent that can make a massive difference maybe just to one person but to many but i think it is something that 
we um i use the word the way i describe it as we have not been allowed to show that right uh, for for various reasons and and it's programming it's conditioning and it's societies on but that is my big journey you know what is how can i really um embrace this notion because i've had it for a long time but i've always suppressed it i've always kind of pushed it aside and, and done a little bit here and, and i always say to us that people you know i'm a i'm a jack of many trades but a master of none but that, that's a belief system yeah <laughs> and i think we all have mastery within us but yeah. takes the courage to to embrace that and to recognize it and and to step into it and believe it yeah and, and that whole thing of you know i've always felt there's a purpose and that's still my story that's still my journey i'm really looking to see how it's going to unfold i'm very curious i'm excited about it uh, but i can't say to you categorically this is what i'm sent here to do i know i'm here to do something and some a few had somebody say to me just earlier this week and said i see something that needs to happen and i go well, so what is it what is it <laughs> and there's the resistance and there's the impatience and so i'm i'm pleased you you pushed that button <laughs> um it is something deep within i can't i can't explain it i can't iterate i can't put it into words and i don't want to label it mm. but it's just kind of a a notion that's pulling me along to to help people that's yeah. all like that's, that's all i can say it comes up a lot and i just i just want to help if i can and that's 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 the underlying um purpose yeah i love it because you've really spoken there too i think something that a lot of people struggle with because it's almost like we feel in these days we should have a purpose we should know what it is it should be clear and it should just be singular when actual fact i think you know you've just shown there the way you responded to that thing that you know there are many things where we feel called it's a little bit when you talked about fear and little fears i think there are little callings in every day and how we 100%. respond to them is up to us <laughs> yeah, 100%, 100%. so i um, love that yeah, yeah i i i spent 20 years looking for my purpose yeah I, it was this kind of it was almost like this this elusive object that i had to go find and i went around the world and i searched everywhere and so on and my thing for purpose is when people say so how do i connect with my, or how, what's my purpose and i go i completely understand where you're coming from yeah because that was me and yeah. for me purpose is finding me yeah my purpose is me and when I connect with me and my connect with my soul, that's the purpose. And then the rest will just unfold as a result of that. But to go find, look for your purpose outside of you in terms mm -hmm. of a, a career, a cause, a, an issue, I think is, is opening you up to disappointment at mm -hmm. some point. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm noticing the time and I, I just want to ask you one final question. If there's anything that you'd hoped we'd discuss today, anything you'd hope we'd get to to share with our listeners, what might it be?
Do you know what, Jane? That notion that we are so much more than what we perceive ourselves to be based on our circumstances, our environment, um, what's going on. That is, that is just not the story. My, my, the thing that I want to share is that there is a, there is a, I don't want to say there's a big, there's a more dynamic, but there's, I'd like to use the word, there's a more fulfilling story within every single one of us that is literally begging for us to dive in and explore. It, it, it's, it's a journey that um, I'm still relative, I consider myself still relatively new to, that is still unfolding. And there are multitudes of chapters in that story within us. And it's when we, you know, have the courage to dive into that story and not try and predict the story based on the past, but to actually start looking at what is available now and start creating a new story based on um, a stronger and deeper connection with our, with our magnificent, miraculous um, qualities that every single one of us possess. That for me, if you could just open that little box for anybody, what a difference you'd make to your kids and to the people around you and to the world. Beautifully said. Finn, thank you so much for joining us here today. And I've really enjoyed our conversation. I could talk to you all day. <laughs> you do realize that, yeah. but I know our listeners will have learned so much from you. So thank you. My pleasure, Jane. Thank you so much indeed. Really enjoyed it. Okay, guys, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening in. Now, before we go, I want to remind you that all the resources and links for our guests are in the show notes at sacredchangemakers.com. And our growing community of changemakers are actually our sponsors who help us to keep doing our work in the world. We're a network of people committed to making the world a better place. We support each other to grow personally and professionally, and together we're making a direct impact aligned with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, all visible on our website. So if you're interested, I invite you to take a look. It's time to build a bridge from what you want in life to include what the world needs you. Together, we can make a meaningful difference. Again, you can find us at sacredchangemakers.com. And if our episode resonated with you today, I hope you'll consider joining us. So for now, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening, for your intention and your efforts to make our world a better place. Until next time, lots of love. <laughs>